Manx Radio Sport. Well, class to my good evening, sports fans. Rianne Evans here with you. It's been a while, hasn't it? But it is really good to be back in your company. Thanks very much for having me tonight, my friend. Well, January is upon us, a time of post-Christmas blues, feeling sluggish from the plus 700 pigs in blankets and 17 pints of sherry both you and I have consumed over the festive season. Let's, let's not lie about it. And a time of feeling bitterly disappointed in ourselves following an immediate failure of our New Year's resolution to start exercising immediately. So what better way to make ourselves feel a little bit better than by listening about all those annoying sporty people who don't go for second helpings of Christmas pudding and get up to run a marathon before opening presents. Welcome back to Saturday Sport. Starting as usual with all your results from today, I only have football and rugby for you as hockey and netball don't start until next week. Lazy, I know. Um, So starting today uh, with the ECAP FA Cup prelim round, uh, the Ramsey and Corinthians game that was postponed. Onken for Foxdale 1, Moran 1, St Mary's 0, Michael 0, Air 4, Ramsey Youth Centre 2, Douglas Royal 4, Douglas High School Old Boys 5, Castletown 2, Douglas Athletic 0, Braddon 8, Union Mills 5, Douglas and District 6, and in the Canada Life Men's Premier League, Lexi 0, Peel 4, and in Combi 1, the Air and Russian game and St John's game versus Moran. Those two were both postponed due to the weather, as was the Douglas Douglas and District versus Braddon game in Combi 2, but also in Combi 2, Colby won uh, their game against Michael 4-1, Paul Rose 3, Malou 7, and the Foxdale versus Jim's game that was also postponed. And looking at the rugby results, in the Regional 2 Northwest Division, uh, Douglas 27-19 Wimslow, and in the Counties 3 ADM Lanks and Cheshire League, Old Bedians 54 16 Vagabonds and in the Ravenscroft Manx Shield Western Vikings 35 Ramsey Blues 55 and Ramsey Reds 43 Nomads Whites 12 uh, so let's come all the way back to football now we've got Tony Meppham in the studio Happy New Year Tony Happy New Year to you Ray I haven't seen you for a while looking well and uh you know, nice to have you. you back in the team. Yeah, I bet you have. You've been a netball star, haven't you? So, from what I've very, seen and heard. That's a very know? generous term, but yes, thank you. <laughs> Congratulations too on everything thank you you've very achieved. Much. That's very kind. Good stuff. Um, so, should we just dive straight in with today's results? Definitely, because uh, we've got the ECAP uh, FA Cup and um, certainly today, uh, the preliminary round, there's some interesting fixtures mm-hmm. in there. Uh, let's rattle through the Ramsey against uh, Corinthians game. That was postponed. Ramsey uh, looked at the pitch, seen the photographs. Just no chance uh, he could have played on there. And that's been the story for two or three other games as well. So mm-hmm. uh, that one was postponed. We'll have a look at the calendar and see when we can uh, slot it in. But uh, Onken against Foxdale. Uh, Onken in the Premier League now. Foxdale in Div 2. And just thought at this one that Onken would win it. And they've done it quite convincingly too because uh, they had a great performance in the first half. Uh, Leo Fox uh, with the second goal, I think it was. Uh, James Lee got one. Aaron Christian and uh, Paul Whitley for Onken. Uh, we haven't got uh, Foxdale's goal scorer through, so if you could please text us through, 166177. But a note on this one is uh, Nathan Cool who refereed the game. Absolutely superb, so well done to Nathan and his officials alongside him as well, his linesman. And uh, Onken went down to 10 players. Uh, red card was dished out, no arguments from them. Uh, the players have got to learn not to uh, pass comments uh, to the referee and uh, Onken go through into the hat with that good 4-1 win. 
Moving on to Moran St Mary's. Moran won St Mary's nil. Yeah, that was the game I watched and uh, well done to everyone involved in this one because um, originally it was to be played at Moran playing fields but that uh, pitch was wet uh, so they worked together, uh, got it on at the bowl. Uh, you know, Moran are paying for it which is uh, well committed by them which is really good to see. And uh, just the way it went in the first quarter of an hour St Mary's uh, looked pretty good uh, but then uh, Moran got back into the game and then uh, Moran were awarded a penalty. Was it a penalty? It's one of them. Um, I missed a little bit of it, so I couldn't tell 100%. Uh, but uh, Matthew McQuarrie it was who stepped up to take it. It was a great penalty, but what a, an absolute brilliant save by the goalkeeper. And nil-nil uh, it stayed. But then uh, about 10 minutes later, uh, they got the goal because it was, um, you know, a ball had hit the bar and uh, then it was uh, coming back out. Maggie Collister was there to finish it off and uh, 1-0 it was to Moran and 1-0 it finished up St Mary's had chances Moran had chances as well I thought Moran looked the better of the two teams you know I really did because I just thought the players that St Mary's have got there should have done better Mm -hmm. you know when you're looking at uh, goal scorers like Owen Canaper Jamie Skillen uh, Joe Berquist had a lot of good chances a lot of good runs but couldn't get it past uh, the goalkeeper but to me the man of the match um, I think he pulled off two absolute great saves was um, St Mary's uh, goalkeeper because uh, one in the second half late on super saved by him and obviously the penalty save as well so that's where my award went for this one Excellent I hope there's an actual award to dish out There'll be one sort well there is actually because there's a player of the round and uh, well done to ECAP as well to supply the champagne and the trophy as well and the panel have been out there today it's all done properly Very nice and we'll find out on Monday who's won it's good Excellent Uh, Moving on to Michael versus Air Michael nil Air 4 Yeah comfortable victory for Air in the end and when you look at the league table uh, Michael are doing really well in Div 2 but uh, you're coming against the league champions you're coming against the FA Cup holders, so it was always going to be tough for them. And I've got three of the goal scorers, and they scored the first three. Jamie Callister with one, uh, Nicky Hurt got one, and uh, John Shields as well. Not too sure who got the other one, but comfortable result in the end for United. And then we have uh, Ramsey U Centre to Douglas Royal, four. Yeah, Douglas Royal um, will be happy with this, uh, scoring four goals, getting a game under their belt. And uh, Andy Asbridge got a brace, Simon Dooley got two as well. And uh, Martin Murphy got a couple of goals for Ramsey U Centre. So Ramsey U Centre have seen what they've got to do to, you know, sort of improve against a premiership side. And uh, Douglas Royal will be just happy to get a one under the belts and move on to the league game next week. Then we have uh, Douglas High School Old Boys 5, Castletown 2. Yeah, this is a bit of a shock, to be honest with you, because I expected this one. Um, It's hard to predict, but I thought this will be tight full-time, maybe go to extra time and then into penalties. But uh, Old Boys were absolutely flying. I think they were 4-0 up at half-time. I think uh, Danny Gellin got one, Dean Stockdale, Martin King and uh, Johnny Gartland. But then Dean France added the fifth one in the second half. Nathan Cardy got one for... Uh, Castletown and Tom Moore got a consolation goal but you know for a team that really fancy the chances of getting into the Premier League against a team that I have to be honest is struggling in the Premier League and old boys great result for old boys and uh, just gives uh, Castletown an idea of how sort of difficult it's going to be to play in that Premier League if they do get promoted this year just had a message yep. uh, thank you very much 980 for taking the time to text in saying Callum Wade for Foxdale versus Onkin most of Foxdale can be playing today as a lot of or maybe weren't playing as a lot of the lads away or injured yeah there was a lot of first team players missing and uh, combination players were brought in and by all accounts did quite well Excellent. Uh, moving on now, it was a bit of a tough start to the year 
for Braddon, it seems, Douglas. Oh, no, sorry, uh, for Douglas Athletic. They scored nil. Braddon won eight. Yeah, I expected uh, Braddon to win this one. Uh, they're going well in Div 2 and uh, Douglas Athletic struggling a little bit. They were 3-0 down at uh, half-time, Douglas Athletic. And in the second half, uh, Braddon obviously got another five. Well, uh, Callum Holdham got one from the penalty spot. Uh, Daniel Kinray got a goal as well. And then there was an own goal, so that was 3-0 at half-time. And then in the second half, Joey Morland got his name on the score sheet. Joe Burrows got a couple of goals. Jasper Duggan and an- another own goal. So Douglas Athletic didn't really help themselves, did they? That is uh, but a comfortable result for Bradner and they go into the draw later on. And then arguably uh, the game, the match of the day, Union Mills 5, Douglas and District 6. Yeah, myself and Paul Moran were having a little bit of a debate on this one at lunchtime and he said, is this going to be a shocker? And I said, well, D&D have been known to throw it in now and then against one of the top sides and certainly today. Um, it was absolutely uh, flying and I've got a little bit of a, a match report and they've gone to the trouble of it. So I think it's right that we uh, sort of mention Reward it. So the effort. It was a uh, preliminary round, uh, Union Mills 3, D&D 3. This was uh, after extra time, I think it was. It was 2-2 on full time, 1-1 at half time. Uh, Danny Shuttleworth got uh, one of the goals for D&D. That Sam Tipper got the other one. That was the second one to make it uh, 2-2. And then it went into penalties, which D&D won 6-5. Now, it's not very often you see this, and well done, Dave, for putting this in format, but Steve Mulhern scored, Sam Tipper scored, Luke Callister scored, Daniel Stewart-Clegg got a goal, Ben uh, Hall got the penalty as well, and Mark Quirk uh, got the last one. So by the look of it, with it being 5-6, it went to sudden death, and it just says, great win against the third team in the Premier League. We went 1-0 down. Then Shuttleworth equalised. Tipper scored a free uh, kick to put it 2-1 up. They equalised full-time. Danny put us 3-2 up in extra time. They equalised again in the first half of extra time. All 10 penalties scored. Then they missed a sudden death. Quirky scored. Buzzing. We had no captain. Lewis Qualcho, Kai Stevenson, William Gavin or Dan Robinson. All regular starters. And the goal scorers for uh, Union Mills. I'll just see if uh, we've them through we haven't so if you could uh, please text us through 166 177 moving on to the canada life men's premier league laxi nil peel four and uh, comfortable i've got a report on this one as well so let's get this one a good competitive uh, match with lewis moran playing in some excellent through balls for peel both sides competing well throughout bizarre first half and it is bizarre uh reese oates uh, had four penalties to take Four oh, different wow. penalties. His first one after two minutes missed. So then uh, it's amazing how someone can have the nerve to step up then and have another penalty after that. Mm. But then he scored his second penalty, his third penalty and his fourth penalty to give Peel uh, a lead at half time. That is bizarre. Uh, three goals to nil. So um, uh, the f- bizarre first half saw Reese miss the penalty and then two minutes uh, after two minutes, uh, Andrew Crennell back for the first appearance of the season uh, for the last 15 minutes, which is great to see. A uh, great player, whilst another recent injured absentee, Joe Quayle, who was in America, now back on the island. Uh, a low cross from the left byline with two minutes remaining, scored. Uh, only two known, pre- this is a stato here, uh, only uh, two known previous scorers of a hat-trick of penalties for Peel have been Nick Hurt at Barclays Division 2 in 1996, and that was the year if I remember rightly, that they uh, won promotion mm-hmm. uh, back into the Premier League because they'd been relegated the season before. And Gordon Rice, I remember Gordon Rice, uh, in the Junior Cup semi-final uh, in 1992, home against uh, Douglas High School 
old boys. So, you know, a terrific care stat there and a great result yeah. for Peel. And they go top of the table now, well and truly clear. They played 12 on 31. The next team behind them is Corinthians, played 9 for 23. Excellent. Some excellent trivia there. Hopefully people can use <laughs> that at some sort of local pub quiz. Yeah. Um, moving on to Combi 1, we had how many well oh both the games were postponed so yeah. that was air versus russian and st john's versus moran um i'm assuming we don't have any inkling on when those will be rescheduled no for. no that will we we get them in as quick as we can but uh, we're back to schedule fixtures um next week but we've got this uh, ramsey corinthians game we need to get out of the way uh, but not necessarily play that next week we'll just see where we can damage limitation and not upset too many clubs mm-hmm. and then so looking at combi two there are another few postponed games the braddon and douglas and district game and foxdale versus gyms those were both postponed but then we did have colby four and michael one yeah and it was uh, a good battle this one because colby took the lead uh, one nil and one nil it was at half time uh, the michael scorer was uh, jacob landon with a penalty uh, but the colby scorers was known goal jack uh, fordham he got a couple well done jack and uh, Jack and Ladd uh, got the other goal. So a terrific result that for Colby. Excellent. And then finally, Paul Rose 3, Malou 7. Yeah, and half-time score was uh, Malou 3-1 up. And uh, if I remember rightly, I've done my sums before. I think this now moves uh, Malou into uh, second place in the league, just behind, um, yes, they are, just behind Ramsey Youth Centre. And uh, the goal scorers uh, today for Paul Rose, JP Joyce, he got all three goals for Paul Rose. Uh, Malou, we haven't got their goal scorers, so if you could text us through, please. I have got a nice. I've got a nice message from Triple Three. Thank you very much for taking the time to message in, saying a cracking shift from Malou lads, despite missing a couple of players. A superb hat trick from Dean Kinley was joined on the score sheet by Danny Bailey, Mark Hargreaves, Kieran Kripner, and 16-year-old Brandon Kripner. Also, a special mention to our ladies who won 2-0 in the Floodlit Cup against Noisy Neighbours Castletown last <laughs> night. Well done to Liv Marshall and Skywin Austin for their first goals for Malou. We're going in the right direction. What a nice yeah, message. Yeah, terrific. And, um, you know, the story behind Malou's uh, women's team really is a lot of them are hockey players and they just decided, let's go and have a little bash and play football. And they mm. really enjoy it themselves. Um, Castletown, you know, struggled. Castletown only had eight players last night, so let's give them credit. You know, to only lose 2-0 is, um, you know, a good uh, performance by them. But there's some really good players there and they're naturally fit Mm. because they play hockey. And it's just learning, you know, the football side of it. Yeah, the skills. um, I think uh, in in the next year, two years, coach properly, I think Maluka did really well. Hopefully, yeah, Yeah. I hope so. It's good. Um, And we've got fixtures on tomorrow in the Canada Life Women's Floodlit Cup. Uh, We've got Peel versus Corinthians and Onkin versus Douglas Royal. And then we've also got two games in the Masters, uh, Douglas Royal versus Governors Athletic and Peel versus Air, if you would like to take it away on those. I'll go through them and you're going to get in touch with London so we can do the uh, cup draw. But uh, yeah, tomorrow, uh, the two games at uh, the bowl for the Canada Life Women's Floodlit Cup big one is uh, Peel against uh, Corinthians it's always the bragging rights and I'll be interested to see how this one goes you know Corinthians at the moment are probably just a little bit ahead of Peel uh, but uh, Peel have got the players there they've got some class Ellie Gorn there still as good as ever so uh, I'm just going to edge that one towards Corinthians Douglas Royal against Onken um, this is a tough one because Onken have got um, one or two new players and uh, one of my old friends Johnny Palmer's daughter 
plays, I think, her first senior women's football game. So it's always special. Ruby's a good little player. Oh, fantastic. Uh, she's better than her dad, so that just shows you how good she's going to be. So, yeah, it's great to see that. And Douglas Royal, if they've got their full-strength team out, they should be able to take the points away from Honkham. But in the Masters football, um, these games are being played on grass. Douglas Royal against their Governors Athletic. Douglas Royal have got a strong team, uh, so I would expect Douglas Royal to win that. And uh, it's going to be difficult to predict Peel against Air because Air, to me, are going to be the champions-elect. I think they've got some really good players in there. The problem is they've got some first-team players, which can count them out if they don't meet the criteria to play that day. Uh, but I've got a funny feeling tomorrow Air are looking quite strong, and I'll go for Air to beat Peel. So, yeah, four cracking games tomorrow. Excellent. Uh, well, now I have London live on the phone. Good evening, London, also known as Dan. How are you? Hi, guys. Yeah, not too bad. How are you doing? Good. Good to have you here. Tony Meffin's here as well. Hiya, Dan. Welcome. Oh, hi, Daddy. How you doing? Let's talk about the Arsenal first. How are they doing? Oh, let's. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're doing fantastically well. Um, bit of a test uh, earlier on in the week against Newcastle, which I can't really say that we underperformed, but uh, they, they, they stifled us pretty well. Um, I mean, a point against those guys at the moment, they're probably the form team of the league, isn't to be sniffed at, but I was a bit disappointed that we weren't given at least one penalty. Uh, out of the two that were very contentious, but that's that's football for you. I, I, I can't I can't really remember a time when VAR has done us too many favours so far this season. But uh, hopefully our time will come. No, exactly. And um, I was just looking back at um, sort of the previous results and also Michael Arteta. How good is he? Because I was one of those that stay with him, give him an opportunity. Yeah. And yeah. he's just transformed the club because, let's face it, look where we were this time last year. We weren't doing very well, and this year no, we're going no. quite well. Exactly. I mean, there were. I mean, so many Arsenal fans. And I must admit, I was leaning towards uh, being one of them, where we were sort of, we were certainly bottom half and probably bottom third of, of, of the league at the time. And he's in the, the job for a good few months. And you know, I think it's really, it, it's really sort of brought it home how important it is that a manager builds his own team and plays the style of football that he wants to play. Whereas when you inherit a team and you try and play that sort of football, it doesn't often work because obviously he's not got the players that he needs. So now that we've given him a bit of time to get bedded in, I'm so pleased. That... Oh, maybe he's just building suspense. Oh, no, back. we're back. Go ahead, Dan. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, no problem. Great stuff. So, right, are we ready for the draw? Yeah, we are. But just want to give you a little bit of trivia because it will be something that Manx people may know or, or might not know. When Arsenal played against Brighton, um, Alex Harrison, who is uh, one of the top footballers on the Isle of Man, and his dad, uh, Frank Harrison, were there watching the game. And uh, they had a Manx flag up uh, because, I don't know if you know it, but Kieran Tini was born in the Isle of Man. I did know that, yeah. Yeah, and Kieran Tini went over to Frank and Alex and actually gave him his number three shirt. So they've got his shirt now. And oh, really? um, yeah, I'm going to try and persuade Alex to see if he'll sell it to me because I collect a little bit of Arsenal memorabilia. I know what the answer is going to be is no, but um, what a coup that is. I was talking to him today and he's buzzing with it. Brilliant. Oh, I bet he is. Yeah, Christ alive. It would be, uh, be a great little collector's item in years to come, especially if they go on to win the league. Definitely. I've got me Ian Wright, me Tony Adam ones. I'll stick with that. Right. We've got 16 <laughs> balls in the bag, hopefully. I have indeed, yeah. Right. Let's get everyone out of their misery and let's get the first round of the ECAP FA Cup draw done. And these fixtures are to be played. I think it's the first week in February. OK, fantastic. So first one out is number 15. Number 15 is St George's. 
against number eight. Number eight is Jim's. And then we've got number nine. Number nine is Laxey. And that's against number ten. Number ten is Moran. And we've then got number three. Number three is a home tie for Colby. And that's against number seven. Number seven is Governor's Athletic. And next up is number five. Number five, great win today, Douglas High School Old Boys. And then I've got them against number 12. Number 12 is Peel. And next up, number one. Number one is the holders, Air United. And they're up against number 14. Number 14, oh, that's a beauty, Russian. Right, it's a good game. Uh, next up, number 13. Number 13 is Ramsey or Corinthians. And that's up against number two. Number two is Braddon. And then I think the final one... Uh, no, tell a lie, there's a couple more after that. Yep. Number 16. Number 16 is St John's. And they're up against number 11. Number 11 is Onken. And then finally, I've got number four. Number four is the Giant Killers today, Douglas and District. And they're up against number six. And number six is Douglas Royal. I'll go through that draw. So the first one out of the hat was Sir George's will have a home tie against Jim's. Second one is Laxey against Moran. Colby will play Governor's Athletic. Douglas High School Old Boys will have a home game against Peel. Air will play Russian. Ramsey or Corinthians will play Braddon. St John's against Onken. And the final game out of the draw is Douglas and District against Douglas Royal. Thank you so much, Dan. And um, we'll see how we get on a Monday prediction against Oxford. I think Dan's, no, no prediction. Dan's gone. No prediction. He, he bottled that one. <laughs> Can't handle the pressure. Well, Dan, if you're still there, thank you very much for joining us. Dan Collier there from all the way. Thanks, guys. Oh, Take no. Care. Oh, he's back. There. <laughs> Happy New Year, Dan. Thanks. Have a good one. All the best, mate. Okay. Um, predictions from those games? Ooh, I knew you were going to do that. Mm. Um, St. George's against uh, Jim's. I'll go for St. George's uh, to uh, win. Laxey against uh, Moran. I thought Laxey would have been a bit closer to Peel today, but uh, Moran played quite well. And if they get a couple of games going in because they've been missing a lot of fixtures, then they might be able to do it. But I'll just edge it towards Laxey. Uh, Colby against Governors. I'll go for Colby to win that. Old boys against Peel. Peel are flying. Um, so I'll go for Peel. Air against uh, Russian. Good battle. It just depends what players Russian have got available. But I'll just edge it towards Air. Ramsey uh, against Corinthians first and then mm. against Braddon. I'm going to go for Corinthians to beat Ramsey and then I'll go for Corinthians to beat Braddon. St. John's against Onken. I'll go for St. John's to win as long as Dean Lees and Callum Taggart are back from injury. And Douglas and District against Douglas Royal after today. I should be predicting there, Douglas and District, but mm. I'm going to go for Michael Fitzmaurice's team, Douglas Royal, to beat D&D. &D. Oh, excellent. Well, I'm just about to talk to Rob Pritchard, ahead of the FC Isle of Man game, so would you like to stick around? Yeah, I'd love to. Fab, OK. Uh, how are you doing, Robbie, there? 
Very good evening, Rianne. Good evening to everyone from a blustery bowl here in Douglas. FC Isle of Man after a stuttering start to 2023 with a home defeat to Bursko on Monday night. They'll be looking to make amends five days on from that loss against one of the informed sides in the NWCFL Premier Division, Kendall Town, this evening. FC Alabama, they ended 2022 brilliantly with a 1-0 win away at title-chasing Avro, but that 4-3 loss to relegation threat in Bursko may have just changed some thoughts in the camp as to how big the challenge is going on for the rest of the season. And one of those tricky tests is this evening against a Kendall Town team that have won four of their last six in all competitions and have lost just once in their last nine. Their recent form has been more akin to those up towards the top of the table, so make no mistake, FC Isle of Man have a big task on their hands this evening. We do have the starting 11s in for both sides, so we'll bring you those now. So starting with the home side, FC Isle of Man. In goal number one, James Rice. Number two, Morgan Naylor. Number three, Carl Clark. Number four, Jack McVeigh. Number five, Alex Maitland. Number six, Jamie Corlett. Number seven, and the captain, Steve Whitley. Number eight, Kyle Watson. Number nine, Furo Davies. Number 10, Tom Creer. And number 11 is Jacob Crook, the substitutes for FC Isle of Man. Number 12, Frank Jones. Number 14, Sam Baines. Number 15, Charlie Higgins. Number 16, Ronan McDonnell. And number 17 is Tom Shimmin. And for the visitors, Kendall Town, managed by Jimmy Marshall. In goal, number one, Daniel Rockier. And then it's number two, Nathan Hankinson. Number three, James Stanley. Number four, Ryan Winder. Number five, Matthew Flynn. Number six, Daniel Hammond. Number seven, Brandon Croskill Robinson. Number eight, and the captain, Robert Wilson. Number nine, Thomas Killifin. Number 10, Sean Saylor. And number 11 is Stephen Yawson. The substitutes for Kendall Town. Number 12, Darren Nightingale. Number 14, Ben Thomas. Number 15, Joseph Dixon. Number 16, Thomas Gamble. And number 17 is Finley Lynch. Your referee this evening is Jacob Widowson, and his assistant referees are John McCallum and Oliver Johnson. A couple of names that do stand out in that Kendall Town side are two of the men in the attacking line. Number nine, Tom Killifin, and number 11, Stephen Yawson. Both ex-players of much higher levels. Stephen Yawson, a former Morecambe man, and Thomas Killifin, the ex-Lancaster City man. Both of those have a frightening goal record so far this season. 31 goals between them so far this season, meaning FC Isle of Man could have a very busy night indeed in defence. Killerfin in particular, 19 goals in 21 games. He may be the man to watch out for and keep quiet throughout this evening. So, F Man looking for those first points of 2023, but they've got a big task on their hands tonight. If it's the FCL of Man that most people know they're capable of, we could be in for a very entertaining fixture indeed. Kick-off at 6pm, and FCL of Man versus Kendalltown live on Manx Radio AM 1368 and digital from that time. Back to you for the meantime. Just before you go, Rob, just listening to your starting 11 there, it sounds like he's going to play Jacob Crook on that left-hand side of midfield and play probably Carl Clark at left fullback. Have you heard anything? Well, yeah, three changes to the side overall with uh, Morgan Naylor, Carl Watson and Tom Creer coming in. And uh, Tom Creer, just to start with, we noticed, didn't we, Tony, uh, in the last 20 minutes of that game when it really started to liven up after a pretty drab affair for 70 minutes, Tom Creer was at the heart of that. So maybe Paul Jones has taken a look and thought maybe he can be the bright spark to start things up front with the physical presence of Furo Davies. Jacob Crook, you would maybe hazard a guess on paper looking at the number 11 shirt. He could be operating in that more advanced role down the left-hand side that, yes, we did see during last week as well. I'm also hearing as well the possibility that FC Isle of Man could be changing things to a back five today, possibly in anticipation of the attacking power that Kendall Town have got at the moment, but we don't have any confirmation as of yet. I've got to ask you, what's the wind like down there? It was pretty choppy at lunchtime. What's it like now? 
Still swirling around, I do have to say, I don't know if you can uh, pick it up on this uh, trusty Manx Radio microphone that I've got on right now, but the rain seems to have abated, the rain that uh, caused havoc overnight, didn't it, to the uh, Manx football fixtures. It's holding off for now, I just hope that's not the commentator's curse. So hopefully the rain stays off. It could be a bit blustery, so we could see those uh, long balls that both teams will uh, like to play along the pitch going straight back at the man who took it. So uh, that could make for an entertaining affair in itself or even make things a little scrappy at times, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, how's the crowd, Rob? People slowly filtering in. Uh, one note, actually, we've been hearing reports of this in the last day or two, really, is the away support that's being anticipated tonight. Uh, we understand in the region of 70 to 80 Kendall Town fans could be making their way down to the ball or have at least travelled to the island, which is another fantastic number. We have seen away attendances um, very much boosted since last season. It is a huge commitment to come here over a weekend, not just the time, but also the money as well. And at this time of year, when people's pockets might just be a little more shallow than usual after the festive season, great to see see some away support here so people filtering in nicely uh, still plenty of time before kickoff as well for things to liven up 28 minutes to be precise excellent well i'll leave you to uh, your commentating extraordinary rob pritchard and thank you very much for your time Radio Sport. On to rugby now, and with all the details from the first competitive fixtures of the new year is Dave Christian. Fast am I, Dave? How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, Rian. Not bad. And uh, it was a chilly start, as you'd expect, to the uh, the rugby season in January. Uh, a bit breezy this afternoon, and uh, certainly a reminder that. Uh, uh, hands get very cold very quickly, especially when holding a trusty Manx Radio microphone. Um, big start for Douglas is probably the headline news today. Uh, they'd had a little bit of a, I'm not going to say a bad patch, but they had a, a slow start to the season is probably the easiest way to describe it. And they found themselves down at the bottom of Regional 2 Northwest. Um, just on the run-up to Christmas, they just started to get things coming together. They had a back-to-back weekends of wins. And uh, with Wilmslow, today's opponents, below them in the table, uh, they were quite optimistic about pulling off a win, and that's exactly what they did. 27-19 they won, and with uh, only the third time this season, they've scored four tries or more in a match, which gives them a try bonus point as well. So uh, uh, what we call in rugby circles a five-pointer for Douglas this afternoon. Uh, they led 17-0 at half-time. There were tries from Simon Hoddenot and Sam McCord, both converted by Luke Highland, and Jack Shimon chipped in with a penalty as well. In the second half, Bradley Bomar went over for Douglas's third try, and at that stage, Wilmslow dug in their heels and fought back, and uh, they set up a bit of a nail-biting finish for the Douglas faithful. Uh, the Douglas lead with just 10 minutes or so to go was three points, 22-19, and it was Brendan Kelly who popped up and made the game safe for Douglas with their fourth try, earning them a bonus point. And perhaps, and it's a little bit too early to tell just yet, but uh, his score made Douglas eight points clear of Wilmslow in the match, which means Wilmslow don't qualify for a losing bonus point, which you get if you finish within seven. And they're denying Wilmslow that bonus point is almost as good as getting the bonus point yourself because if it does come down to a relegation dogfight at the tail end of the season, 
uh, that uh, losing bonus point there today that Wilmslow didn't pick up uh, might have quite a lot hanging on it. So fantastic for uh, Douglas and uh, well, uh, they go on, they're going to kick onwards and upwards from here. Uh, they don't have, uh, I think, a winnable game next week. They're against one of the top sides. But uh, I think the week after that, the next home match is eminently winnable as well. So uh, plenty to look forward to in January for Douglas. A great solid win for them today. The news, however, wasn't so good for Vagabonds. Uh, they were away at Old Bedians. Bedians pretty close to them in the table. And Vagabonds' start to the season was uh, perhaps even slightly worse than Douglas's. Uh, Vagas just had one win in the, in the 22 part of the season. And coming into 2023, away at Old Bedians. Bedians, they might have fancied their chances there. And uh, indeed, they were in it even at half time. Bedians raced into an early lead, two early tries. Uh, they were 12-0 up after 10 minutes. Vagabond's pack then got to grips with the game and Mark Oldfield scored a try. That was converted by Cameron Finlay and that got them onto the scoreboard. Vagas then turned the screw in the forwards. That yielded more penalties. Finlay nailed another two and that saw Vagas actually leading 13-12 half-time. In the second half, Bedians grabbed another try, but Finlay hit back with a penalty at the other end. And as the game moved into the final 20 minutes, it was still a three-point match. Bedians ahead 19-16, and uh, Vagabonds then capitulated in the final 20. Uh, a sticky pitch, and they were playing uphill as well. The Bedians pitch is on a slope, and uh, old Bedians ran away with the game. And from 19-16, it quickly deteriorated to what it finished at, which was 54-16. So disappointment for Vagabonds. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, they have a home match next week against Ellesmere Port. Now, Ramsey have already played Ellesmere Port in the Cheshire Bowl and won at Ellesmere Port. So, uh, Vagabonds will fancy that Ellesmere Port a bit beatable at Bala Fletcher, and that's coming up next Saturday. Domestically, we had two games in the Ravenscroft Manx Shield. Uh, Ramsey won them both. Ramsey's Reds were at home against Southern Nomads Whites and uh, Ramsey's Blues away at Western Vikings. Wins for the Reds and the Blues will see them keep, keep the top two spots in the Manx Shield standings. Uh, the Reds beat uh, Nomads Whites 43-12 at the Murrick Park. That was the game we covered for Saturday Live. Uh, first half tries from Ben Hardman and Matthew Meekin, both converted by Brandon Atchison. That saw Ramsey 14-0 in front. Uh, George Collister hit back for Nomads and Mark Young converted and that meant that the Ramsey lead was just 14-7 at half time. Tom Collister went over for Nomads early in the second half. That brought the game to two points at 14-12. But from that point onwards, scoring was all at the other end. Um, Ramsey skipper Matthew Meekin added two more for his hat-trick. Brandon Etchison also ran in three of his own, and he finished the game with a 23-point personal haul, three tries and four conversions, so uh, well done to him. At QE2, uh, thankfully, uh, it was a big scoring match, and uh, Ramsey's Blues haven't given me their scorer's information, so that makes the report a little bit shorter. 35-55, the final score down there. Ramsey Blues, 55. Western Vikings, 35. Uh, reasonably close game as well. Lots of tries. They weren't quite playing with 15 aside. I think they were down to about 12 aside. But uh, that frees up a lot of space on the pitch. It means that the scores are a little bit bigger. Uh, Ramsey went into a 14-0 lead quite early on in the match. Vikings hit back with tries from Ryan Burke and Harry Goodwin, which Burke converted both. Ramsey, though, were a little bit too quick for uh, the Vikings, and at half-time it was Ramsey leading 38-14. 
In the second half, Morgan Armstrong pattern pounced twice for Vikings. Josh Hockney got their fifth try and Burke's boot was flawless. He kicked all three conversions in the second half. But uh, Ramsey were too far ahead, really, for Vikings to make any inroads into the second half. Plus, three tries from Ramsey at the other end were enough for them to claim maximum points. So, all in all, a good day, some big scores and some happy rugby players tonight. Good, excellent. That's what we like to hear. And uh, do you know when the women's team are going to be starting their New Year action? Vagabonds, ladies, I think, if I just dive into the fixture list now, I have a feeling it was the third weekend in January, but I could be wrong there. Let me just uh, drag up the ladies' fixture list. Uh, It's a home fixture, and I was intended to cover it from Saturday Live. And I think it's against the league leader Southport. And it is... Where are we? Sorry, I've completely put you on the spot here, Dave. (laughs) It is the 14th of January. It's next Saturday. Brilliant. Uh, Vagabonds against Southport at Bella Fletcher. And we'll be covering that one for Saturday Live. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Dave Christian. And a very happy new year. Manx Radio Sport. Looking to volleyball now, and there's positivity about the way the sport has grown on the Isle of Man over the past new year, which is excellent. Natalie Wood of Volleyball Isle of Man says Manx players and teams have made big strides over the last 12 months. Her and Rob caught up earlier this week. So there's quite a few things that happened. Uh, Firstly, we participated again in Volleyball England's National Cup. Our men's team won their first ever game and so did our ladies as well, actually. So um, in 2021, we didn't win any games and we've already improved that record once. And then the ladies, we actually play again this weekend as well. So if anyone's keen to uh, watch the live stream of that on Sunday, tune into Facebook. Uh, And then as well, we took part in the Lancashire League, which is a mixed league that took place in Garstang. And we actually came in second in that as well. So that was quite exciting. Looking at the chance you've had to experience competition against UK teams, whether it's here on Ireland or off Ireland in most cases, just how valuable has that been to all all the players and and coaching staff in developing the game here to maybe up the game going into future games and tournaments? Yeah, I think it's definitely been an incredible experience. Like I said, uh, going from winning no games uh, the previous year to winning two games this past year has been an awesome thing for both our men's and ladies and then just taking part in the Lancashire League as well as given since that's mixed it's given more people an opportunity who aren't necessarily on the men's and women's teams to play at a higher level across and I think you can see it reflected in the um, level of the games happening in the league on islands. Looking into 2023 then immediately of course the women will be in action this weekend in the National Shield up against York Falcons on Sunday. What are you looking forward to most about that game? Um, I think it's just going to be Definitely a great competition. Um, York is quite a strong team, so it's going to be a great chance to go out and try and test our ability and see how much we've improved since September when we started training again. Natalie Wood there chatting to Rob Pritchard. And uh, as Nat just said, the Isle of Man women's take on York Falcons away in the National Shield tomorrow at two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, The game will be streamed live on the Isle of Man Volleyball's Facebook page. And if you check out this story on the Manx Radio sports page, there should be a link to their Facebook page on this story. If there isn't now, 
then there will be within the next 45 minutes because I will go and put one in the story. And finally, finishing off with a little bit of water sports, uh, Isle of Man Paddle Surf has secured an important connection to help grow the sport locally. The organisation has been approved for affiliation with British Canoeing. Isle of Man Paddle Surf says this means they'll have a platform going forward to develop the sport. 2022 was a big year for the Isle of Man surf kayaking competitors as they took part in the World Surf Kayaking Championships in Cornwall. That was from the 29th of September until the 10th of October. And there are hopes the team can be back in action later on this year at the British Championships and Home Internationals in South Wales, which is very exciting. Separately, Isle of Man Paddle Surf recently held a local surf kayaking and wave ski competition for its members on Brewery Beach. I really struggle saying that word. I'm so sorry. From the 27th until the 29th of December, Richard Crajine Watson was a double winner. Greedy, some might say, taking the top spot in both the Open HP and Open IC categories. Meanwhile, in the Wave Ski Exhibition Contest, Daniel Shimon emerged victorious. Elsewhere, the Mixed Developers class was won by Nick Watt, with second place going to Jack Scarlett, and a tie for third between Laura O'Reilly and Alex Kizik. So, potentially, uh, a new sport to try. If, you, if you've set a New Year's resolution to try a new sport, any of any of those water sports sound really fun. Um, and if you have a sport that you would like to promote on Manx Radio, do get in touch. Just message um, newsroom at manxradio.com. Um, I know that there's, there's so much going on. Pickleball, frisbee golf, to name but a few. Um, so if you would like to promote your, your sport, do email newsroom at manxradio.com and we'll get you in for an interview. Um, but that's all for today. Uh, thank you very much for having me back. Sorry I was a bit rusty to start with. It's, it's been an age, but as I said before, it's been really lovely um, having you along to keep me company this afternoon. And uh, I guess all that's left to say is best of luck to those of you competing this weekend. Well done to those of you who already have competed. And uh, happy sporting and a happy new year to all of you. Thanks for keeping me company and have a lovely night.